0: Back to another episode of the shifting podcast i'm ed Rudisell, and we're still doing remotes uh, because it doesn't look like this virus is ending anytime soon despite uh the rush to reopen the country you know we're not in a rush to sit and do in-person interviews so today i'm actually sitting with a really good friend of mine via skype uh eli sanchez who worked with me uh for god seven years i guess probably pretty close to it five years pretty seven close. years yeah uh, just recently moved to New York, so that was that was great timing. Uh, now at Mother of Pearl. <laughs> yeah. So how you doing, Eli?
1: I'm doing good. Uh, you know, like you said, perfect timing to move to New York. Yeah, man. Uh, moved here at the beginning of February and shut down. Basically, they told me the last day we worked was March 16th. Jesus. So I had almost forty-five days under my belt before <laughs> uh, no one work here in the US.
0: Really carving a path, man. Really making a name you know, for yourself. I was trying. Yeah. I mean, you show up and the whole goddamn industry shuts down. I
1: know. Shut it down.
0: <laughs> Everyone just quit. They were like, "Fuck it." Eli is here. <laughs> There's no way we can we can we can match this. And just it throw was, in the yeah, towel, man. Just, throw it in. <laughs> it was
1: such a it was such a shock, man. Because I you know I really felt like I was getting my groove here. Yeah. So, um, finally, you know, like I said, locked down a couple of jobs, uh, working at mother of pearl and working at corn ribbons and, you know, I was starting to save some money looking at apartments, uh, you know, really filling out the vibe of the city, trying to figure, you know, figure out my way, being able to get on the train without looking up the app <laughs> right? and, you know, and, and, you know, figuring where everything was at. And then all of a sudden screeching halt and mm-hmm. it just was like, you can't, don't leave the house, you know? So.
0: Well, and all you said getting into your groove, the groove is going to be different. I mean, at the other side of this,
1: it's going to be, it's going to look completely different with everything going on. You know, you see these big restaurant groups in here in New York and not just New York, everywhere, man. They're they're shifting models, man. And, you know, that's the the great thing about the people in this industry, I think, is that they, chameleons, right? Try to move and adapt. Um that's the great thing about it you know you got a lot of people that weren't I don't I think planning to be in the industry the whole life right kind of just came into the industry like and, all of us uh, <laughs> all of us you know, at least yeah, all of know, us are, uh,
0: of this age you know like
1: right I, I you
0: know hell i don't think that became like a cool job until like shit dude 08 <laughs> you know but yeah it's like i mean you've done I mean, so I guess let's go back. You know, you're from Nebraska originally, right? Nebraska originally, yep. And you've done... Born
1: Husker State.
0: That yeah. Was, you spent yeah. a lot of time there, yeah. though, right? Did you ever bartend I, there?
1: I did not. Well, I guess technically, uh, yes. Um, I worked at a Mexican restaurant. That my, uh, my, so a friend of my mother's owned a Mexican restaurant, and the bartender called off one night. And they called me and they were like, hey, can you open beers <laughs> and, uh, and bartend at this bar? And my mom was like, if you're okay with it, we're okay with it. And uh, yeah, so so technically my first bartending gig was when I was 17. But nice. Uh, nice. But then when, when I moved to Indiana, uh, my first bartending gig was at the Yellow Room.
0: Yeah, man. And you were there forever. You were like a fixture. You were. 13 years almost. Yeah. I was like, you were the elbow room for a long time. Like a lot of people's first drink came at that place. And, you know, a lot of people's last drink oh, yeah. also occurred at that place. You know, a lot of a um, uh,
1: lot of white Russians.
0: Yeah. I mean, it just um, uh, it just closed down. That was an institution, but it's it's closed it down. Was, it was
1: a sad day to see that closed down, man, because there's a lot of like I had a lot of first that place. Uh, met my, you know, my son's mom. Found out I was having a kid there for the, you know my first child, um, you know a lot of a lot of good times there, a lot, of, a lot of crazy times at
0: that place. It was a crazy place. Like you literally, I remember when I'd go in there, you were doing everything. You know, if you go in a real late night, there'd be no help at all. And be like, yeah, yeah man, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have one of these uh, pizzas or whatever it was. And then like the bartender was gone for the next ten minutes because you were back in the kitchen
1: <laughs> <laughs> back there cooking the pizza. <laughs> we used to have to make sandwiches at one point in time, and I had to go to him. I was like, listen. I can't be pouring drinks and making ham and Swiss cheese sandwiches in the back and then you want me to keep this place in order. So we got rid of that. Actually, the guy I stay with here in the city, uh, uh, Frankie Mora, is, was the bartender that was upstairs. He ran the upstairs. I did the downstairs. Um, so it's pretty cool how it comes around first. Of all, he said the other day, he goes, if you would have told me, you know, 13, 15 years ago, we would be sitting in Brooklyn, New York. Sitting on our stoop in a pandemic, it was
0: all called you crazy. So, oh, dude, <laughs> for, for real, I know time passes real fast. I was thinking about that the other day. I was, um, I found some old pictures. Um, well, I think everybody's like coming through their iPhones right now during the pandemic, right? And you're just like, where does, the oh, photo, yeah. where does the photo album start? You know, and you go all the way back to the beginning. But I've got some pictures I must have imported into my phone when I got it um, from an old, fuck, I don't know, probably an iMac, you know, one of those blue ones or right. something. But um it's got pictures of like me hanging out with Chris back in the old Buffalo Wild Wings days back in oh one, oh two. Nice. And I was like, shit, dude, that's twenty years ago. Like yeah, yeah, we would have never thought, thought that like we'd own a tiki bar together. We wouldn't even have known what tiki was. <laughs> we we had to bit we bitched if we had to make a Manhattan back then.
1: <laughs> I remember that B dub. I used to go in there uh when I was I was fresh at twenty-one, man, when that place was, we all were. Was you know. know. And, uh, that was like, I remember the first, I was like, we went in there, it was like, holy shit, craft beer. And it was like Dude, there. yeah. So that B-dubs was, was not was a B-dubs. Double. And, you know, it was, I'm like, holy shit, they got all to the beer. Well, that was the cool thing, thing, right? That we had 40. was fun at the time.
0: We had 44 draft lines, which was unheard of in like the late nineties, you know, to have that much craft yeah. beer. It wasn't even called craft then. It was micro brews, right? Micro breweries.
1: But, um. I mean, back then, that's all, there was, there was hardly any bars. You got to think like no man there wasn't there right there was there was no so the elbow room was within the four block radius there was two homeless shelters and there was two work release camps yep uh, work release buildings and they would come in people would come out and hang out all the time then we had the blue triangle which was you know low income uh housing people could rent rooms and stuff and which you know the Elbow room was open to anybody yeah but we always had a ton of characters called these. Yeah,
0: that's right. I, I mean, I love but that. Actually, I love that we had like a broad mix of people. Everybody was welcome as long yeah. as you didn't cause shit. We used to get a lot of guys, yeah, a had, ton yeah, of people coming in coming it was like, in. I just got out of jail. Like, this is my first drink <laughs> out of jail. And most of the time that was cool. Sometimes they went right back.
1: <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. You had attorneys coming out from the city county building and then you had people from the state house coming over and hanging out and then you had neighborhood people and then you had people coming from all walks of life. It was great, man. Oh. That's why I love
0: the elbow. But that was a hell of a springboard for you, though, man, for, like, going from there into, like, as heavy craft as you've gone. Because, again, that wasn't really a thing when we all started back then. But, like, before I brought you on as our part of our team, like, I knew about you. I think everybody knows who knew about you in the city because (laughs) because you're a fucking hustler. Like, you're the dude that's always – you worked everywhere. You know, you never burned a bridge, (laughs) you know. Like, yeah. But you would have three or four jobs at a time, you'd done every single bar, learned what they had to yeah, teach, was, and moved when on. When I
1: first started there, I was actually started as a host at the Elbow Room, and I would work during the days as a host, and then I'd work at Mo and Johnny's at night as a barback, um, in Broderville. And that's so I did that hustle for about a year and until one of the guys called off, and I was like, I can do that. I didn't know what I, the hell I was doing, yeah, I knew how to pour beer i didn't know how to make any drinks i knew what the bottles looked like because i was the bar back, so I so you know somebody called for something i could do it but that's how i got my start over there i was the, i was the host and then i was a server and then finally after a couple of years because that was back in the day when you had you know especially like in indy you had to cut your chops right they would just mm. make your bartender you had to be yep. there a while come through the ranks a little bit now nowadays everybody just pops up and
0: Yeah, but I feel like that's also a product of, like, just the state of the industry, which, you know, that's a much longer show, and we've been talking about that a little bit. But, like, I mean, the industry was already having a severe labor shortage and a talent shortage as it was before this happened. And this is a real shitty way for a a course correction to happen. But, um, you know, I think that this is definitely going to change things on the way on the other side. But, yeah, I mean, it was much easier to get a bartending job. Four months ago, fresh out of you know <laughs> college, yeah. than it, than it ever was before. You know, you didn't have to pay your dues for three years as a barback to to make it you know on the show. Oh yeah,
1: I mean we had you know one of our greatest barbacks that we ever had. Really, that worked at the Elbow. He was our barback for seven years before you know. And part of that was because people never left either. Right. So you can bartend and you know be the bartender if nobody left. Yeah, but he ended up going over to the Rat Scaler because somebody came in and saw how he was hustling all the time, and you know, doing great
0: for himself. So, yeah, but I mean, you worked everywhere. So, like, as soon as we like the craft wave hit Indy, which would have been yeah, 2010 probably, 2011, mm-hmm. which I always am, I'm real proud of that because people, you know, you look back and like the kind of the craft cocktail renaissance and i think everybody always assumes indianapolis is super backwards and you know where nothing hits us until 15 years later but if you look at the the way that that trended from new york obviously where it stemmed kind of never really went away in san francisco so much but that's their own beast but you know when you kind of trace it all back to you know the east village milk and honey all that stuff it's like you know we weren't that behind really um we're pretty cutting our teeth pretty pretty young
1: i don't know if uh, very many people remember this but before the Ball and Biscuit opened up in Indianapolis mm-hmm. there was a bartender that worked at the Elbow Room his name was Ron Long who now works in Seattle lives in Seattle um, but he did a, a, a Prohibition celebration three years before the Ball and Biscuit opened really and we did nickel beers uh, really really cheap uh, whiskey sours but they were all you know we didn't have fresh lime juice, or fresh juice and all that stuff But that was the first, like, probably, I don't, like, it came to me one time, I was like, dang, he did that a long time before the Ball and Biscuit opened.
0: So that would have been probably, what, 08? Yeah.
1: Right, and he was friends with, really good friends with Zach Wilkes, who ended up opening Ball and Biscuit.
0: Right. Um, I mean, the Ball and Biscuit is kind of the one that set the tone, I guess, but, and, and you worked there as well, right? I mean, for a minute.
1: I did. A different, yeah, I did work there for a minute.
0: But then again, you uh, pretty much worked at every bar in the city. <laughs> <laughs> well, I
1: kind of got nah, the, in a shitty way, uh, though. So I mean, the, that comes
0: across as being like, no, yeah, like yeah. you're fickle. But I mean, like you were, you were like, I'm gonna be the best bartender I can be, and I'm not gonna learn it by only working at one place. Well, I
1: hated. Don't get me wrong, I hated on cocktail craft cocktail for a long time. <laughs> uh, when actually, like my roommate that I live with opened up it was the opening staff at Bone Biscuit, and he quit the Elbow Room to go there. And uh, I was like, you know, I'm like, fuck that. Here's a beer, here's a shot of whiskey. That's all we need to do, right? Like, why do I have to go shake all these cocktails? And because they were wearing bow ties and vests, mm-hmm. and I was like, I want to wear t shirts, jeans, backward hats. You know, be be myself. And then um,
0: <laughs> I wish everyone could see the way you're dressed right now with your your <laughs> Dusty Rhodes American, American Dream.
1: <laughs> And then, uh, then I went to the his bar, and I was like, I was hooked, man. I saw it, and I was hooked. I was like, this is what I want to do. And then uh, from there, I got my uh, got a job at Invite. It was my first cocktail bar
0: job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down in Fountain Square, not far from me. Yeah, yeah.
1: They asked me if uh, I knew what I was doing. I told them yes, and I didn't.
0: <laughs> right, you
1: lied. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, watched every video and uh, got every book I could get my hands on, and then just really taught myself more than anything is just watching everybody, uh, uh, you know, watching everybody That's harder
0: everybody to did. do. It's harder to do what you did nowadays because, you know, you're, people are looking for loyalty, you're looking for the long term, you're, you're trying to train somebody up and it takes so long to train somebody up. Plus the, you know, I don't know, man. I know you and I agree on this. We've talked about it a bajillion times over the last, you know, seven years, but it's like everybody wants to run before they can walk anymore. You
1: know? Right. And that was, you know, that was, you know, I kind of bit off more than I could chew. But I, you know, I was like, I gotta back this up, right? So I had mm-hmm. to learn what I was doing. Because I remember the first time I was a deer in headlights. The first time I had to make a drink, somebody mm-hmm. asked for a sazerac, I was like, holy crap! I was like, <laughs> trying to remember, like before
0: iPhones, man, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, for <laughs> sure.
1: And I'm just like, man, what's, what? was it? Okay, I got this one. Then somebody asked, came in because I remember when I first started in invite, all my friends came in. And at the time they were all working at craft cocktail bars. And I didn't hardly any. So they were ordering uh, you know, it was like the long Biscuit crew and the um uh Libertine. Libertine and they're all coming in asking me to drink some crap. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to make it as fast as I can and and, and uh yeah, I got I had to learn quickly to not look, make myself look like a fool. So
0: Well you do work out, I
1: believe. Well you both
0: and I mean so you know for the listeners out there that don't know you Eli, i mean you know you're you're pretty well anybody that's run across you remembers you because you make an impression you're a charismatic guy you're nice you're incredibly undyingly loyal you know to to people that treat you well um and you for make sure. one, one hell of a drink <laughs> you know so so like i mean you've you've made a jump um you you, mm-hmm. you definitely put a big stamp on the indianapolis cocktail uh, Seen, but you felt like you needed to leave um, if you wanted to to grow as a bartender.
1: You know, um, yeah, I, I felt like it was get, I was getting—I was personally was getting a little stagnant, right? Like, the, if in you can probably uh, comment on this. I felt like you saw my drinks; they were kind of being this. It was the same thing for a while, being over and over and
0: over. Mm-hmm.
1: And I noticed that I was looking at my notes one night, and I was looking at looking at. Drinks. I was coming up. I was like, Dude, these all look the same, and I felt like my like, kind of spark was gone a little bit, right? And I'm like,
0: it's easy look, to get it's... into the groove and stay there, and that's why you, when you used that word earlier about the groove, you know, and I said everything's about to change on that groove, but like, yeah, it's easy to get into that groove and get real comfortable, get comfortable. and then and it's hard to yeah. shake it up. Sometimes it means, you know, making that new friend or getting that new job or or whatever. I mean, you know, obviously if you're an owner, it's, comes, it comes my like my energy and my creativity comes from working with guys like you, you know, because right. I'm not leaving the building, <laughs> you know. Right. But, but you know, so but, I mean, that's a big jump, though, to to, to kind of restart, it, it you know. It was
1: a big jump and, I, I, you know, I really had I had a plan. I knew I was coming and I knew I was moving here but I had, other than that, I was up in here.
0: Um, that's why Also was, important to note that you're not 22, you know. you am not you're 22, right, you I'm not.
1: 41. And so... I was like, I came out here and I was like, I got to figure something out. You know what I mean? So I, I got out certain started pounding the pavement. And uh, luckily, I had a couple of friends here uh, already and kind of put the word out. But, you know, hey, you got a buddy who's looking for a job.
0: When I um, was looking for work in New York, um, when back in my pre-restaurant, in journalism days i just i got turned away from so many jobs because it was the same situation like so where do you live in new york i'm like well i don't and they were like oh <laughs> like i'm not Go like ahead. a backwoods yokel like i i can i can get around the city man you know they're like it was like uh i felt like it was that movie What's the coen brothers movie with tim robbins the Hudsucker proxy <laughs> you know it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, it's great. It's fantastic. It's like just showing up from like Muncie, Indiana, trying to, you know, get through New York. Yeah, and it's a lot of, you know, that's what
1: do, a lot of people would be like, where are you from? I'm like, Indianapolis, Indiana.
0: <laughs> right, and you. Right, yeah, like, the eye roll.
1: But, <laughs> well, that, you know, I mean, that was a lot of the part
0: thing. of the reason for this podcast, right? It's like, hey, man, we're all bartenders. We're all one community, right. you know, and, and all of the people that, uh, that that come and hang out with you in your bar, a lot of times they come hang out with us at our bars, you know, because right. it's a very global community now. Yeah. You know, when I started
1: Mother Pearl, I, you know, shout out to Mother Pearl. Obviously she gave me a Oh, dude, a huge chance. shout out to Mother
0: Pearl. That's going to be like fucking, you know, three, four times in a, the last month that we've given a shout out to Mother Pearl. We had Southern on the show <laughs> recently. And uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't okay. necessarily call Southern's shout out a shout out. It was not the happiest episode, but, you know, it was a reality check. And, you know, right, right,
1: right. But, yeah, the, the, you know, when I got there, those kind of guys were like, oh, here's a kid, another guy. And then they started seeing me shake off some drinks, and they were like, okay, this guy knows what he's, knows what he's doing. And then, you know. It, That's it like the
0: perfect job, job for you, man. Because, I mean, you were, I mean, even with me, we were yeah. gin-focused, but, and, and obviously you worked at, so I'll fill in your experience in Indy for you yeah. here. Yeah. So when you were with me, you were my bar manager and general manager at Rook, where we're gin-focused. Um, and contemporary Asian cuisine, but then you also mm-hmm. was our were our bar manager at the Inferno Room for a while, and so like you definitely your, your drinks always ended up as gin tiki and gin tiki inspired for sure. And so like Mother of Pearl is like a perfect fit for you because it's like an opportunity to grow because it's not quite tiki. It's got that tropical vibe. Mm-hmm. It's got the tiki vibe on the drinks, but it's definitely like doing something that nobody else in the country is doing.
1: Yeah, man, it was it was a great spot. You know, it's a great spot. Dude. To learn because they were they had a lot of stuff they were doing too, and I was like, okay, I haven't seen that done, and it's pretty interesting. And then you try it, and you're like, okay, that's really cool. But uh, that it, you know, like I said, it sucks because we were just starting to some of those guys, like Mother Pearl, had just got there as well, haven't been there a whole long, so we were just starting to really mesh as, yeah. a, as a group. Um, and I was super excited, we were just getting ready to change the menu, and I was super excited because we were, you know, really getting to show like the guys that we have back there of what we were going to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, some super, really good drinks, man. And and I was super excited, very, very excited to see what that was going to bring. Now we just got to wait a little bit, hopefully. But
0: Yeah. I mean, it'll uh, come back around. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. let's back up. So, you, I mean, you decided the indie wasn't bringing the, the inspiration and creativity. And, like, and I, it's not even indie, right? Like, I mean, you just found yourself needing to... to- relocate just to, yeah yeah I, to start I, fresh just, and i get yeah. that man like shit dude if i wasn't tied down right now my ass would be in southeast asia for an <laughs> indefinite amount of time like my, ba- my bangkok bar family i was just talking with some of them right. today you know because they're all shut down too um yeah i was just talking with my uh my little sis boss over at uh I'd find the photo booth, and you know, I mean, they're they're having a rough time too. But yeah, it's like sometimes you just got to go shake it up, and you get those aha moments of like, shit, man, this is why I do this. And I was looking
1: at, I wasn't, but like why New York? That's me. what I was I say, wasn't like, Yeah, looking at New York, I was looking at Nashville. Uh, I mean, I just got back from Portland. I was looking at, you know, Portland's a beautiful spot. Oh, yeah. It's great out there, and uh, you know, it's it's a great it's a great town. I and um, my like I said my friend Frankie moved here, and he was like, dude. He's like, you got a spot. He's like,
0: you got a baller
1: spot. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, just come, man. He's like, let's. He's like, we've always wanted to come out, and I was like, you know what, true. Let's go. And kind of the ball. I mean, it went from. I mean, you know, it went from zero to sixty within just a couple months. It did, yeah. Was
0: like, it was a hey. I think I'd like to move to New York someday. To like, by the way, November first is it. <laughs>
1: And then yeah, so then I was just doing some you know pop up stuff and getting some stuff together, but I was I felt like I just needed something different, um, needed some change. And it, like I said, it was going great until all this happened. it
0: uh, those four weeks was were by, fantastic.
1: You know, it was, yeah, it was. But it was such a great. It's you know it's a great city, man. I'd get out here and even with the quarantine going on, yeah, man, you still got a, such an awesome vibe and got an awesome feel. I mean, you know i go on the walks and stuff and we go to the grocery store and stuff and you see the you know the the murals and you see you know the guys at the bodegas hanging and you know it's it's such a cool field in the city man i'm like man, yeah this you, is
0: you, what I you, need. you've been a big fan of new york for a long time i mean you were going there quite a lot even you know um well for competitions etc and all that and yeah. well i mean let's get into that so like as we've seen quarantine kind of sweep across the nation i mean we're all locked down now right we're all in the same boat mm-hmm. things are starting to reopen a little bit here and there kind of shoddily patched together but right. um i'll tell you there's one thing man it's like every time you log into instagram it's like 18 notifications somebody's going live oh, yeah, <laughs> you know um and a lot of cocktail videos i'm like if I see one more video, how to make a my time, man? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Um and, You know, and to some of that credit is, uh, you know, some of these guys are, you know, trying to earn some extra cash too. So right, some of these, taxes, and that's why, right? That's what money. I wanted so to like. to i right? on that. For no, sure. I'm not hating
0: on it at all because, like, not only is it like. Trying to earn a little little extra cash, but you're also on top of that, you're trying to like just fucking not go crazy, you know, because what we do is serve people. This is hospitality. We need to reach out to people. We need to communicate with our people like the most normal I have felt is honestly doing this. And even though it's on a video screen, I get to see your face. And right. I haven't seen a lot of faces in a long time, man. Like getting and sitting and talk with Nico and sitting and talking with each other, like, I mean, those, those conversations don't get to happen too often anymore. We don't get to see each other in person no, for you sure. know? And, and there's definitely nobody traveling. Right. So like this global community where we used to fly into each other's cities and hang out we're like, well, that's not happening any longer, at least for a while. And so, yeah,
1: and you know, and it, I've been getting, able to, been getting able to check on people that I usually don't get to check mm-hmm. on to, people in Minnesota back in Nebraska uh, California, uh, Texas. You know what I mean. This stuff you forget when the life's going on, and you're, you're like, "Oh, I forget, I'll text them later." Uh, now we got the time to actually reach out and shoot a text people. So,
0: yeah, nice. I, I agree with that 100. That's I. I have talked probably more with um, some of my close, well, whom I consider my close friends that are you know, bar owners and restaurateurs mm-hmm. across the country that we just. You know, once a year, <laughs> you know, you check yeah, in for with sure. each other. and it's like I'm in a daily conversation with some of these folks now. But you know, it's well, uh, you know, we're all just making sure we're them. not sick. You know, I mean, first off, you want to make sure you're not sick, and well, yourself you
1: know, over at Black Market uh, Esteban. yeah, you know, Jesse, when I in The city, I've been talking, you know, chit chat here and there, but I've talked to him more during quarantine than I did like the last six months I was in. The right, so,
0: yeah, 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 you know,
1: dude, I was just checking up on him. See how everything's going, you he know, having
0: the baby and stuff. So. I mean, I see Beach Bum, you know, what, twice a year maybe, three times a year. Right. I and, mean, like, we're bullshitting, you know, back and forth and, you know, checking – it's a different situation down in New Orleans than it is here, you know, and they're starting to reopen down there. So he's not yeah. He's not reopening yet. Um,
1: oh, really? Okay. Yeah, no, he's
0: holding back and, you know. Um, yeah, I mean,
1: it's still it's, – it's crazy to see some of these cities like Indianapolis that are still – Uh, the rates are
0: going up that people want to really open up. You know, just hang tight. I know, man. I know, dude. It's fucking horrifying. Although, you know, now we're getting off track, but I knew this was going to happen. So (laughs) in Bangkok, though, man, it's crazy because Bangkok is much larger than than New York. Um, 14, 12 or 14 million people. I don't know. It's a fucking lot. Um, And I spent, you know, what, five weeks there in the fall. And, I mean, it's dense, you know. But you know how many people have died in Thailand to at this point um, from COVID-19? has been 59. Ooh. Yeah. And like, but, you know, it was taken very seriously from the very beginning across the
1: board. Well, there. they're scanning people's temperatures and stuff. as Yeah.
0: Dude, yes, yeah, so they were, but the restaurants are done. All right, everything's closed okay. down. Even the street vendors got closed down for a long time, but they they're back... The street vendors can do it now but yeah so my buddy uh ping that owns find the locker room uh find the photo booth and uh, uh he's gonna get mad i can't remember his japanese joint um it's like a steakhouse but yeah like when this first started i'm talking like day one when you started like talking hearing trump talking about like you're fine we got 18 cases don't worry about it go to work go kiss each other you know lots of hugs high fives all that stuff um he announced that day that like to get into his bar you had to pass like the temperature check <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like all this like the checklist yeah. no symptoms you had to you know let him scan you and all that before you come in um they had since closed down for all that but i mean i think that that very fast uh response to the the pandemic is what saved their asses and man i mean as fast as that shit spread in, in New York. And, you know, we've had- Man, it was like, well, I mean,
1: that's the crazy part, you know. Like I said, I had just got here. And all of a sudden, you know, we, I would wake up every morning and I had to stop doing it because I'd wake up every morning and come into here and look at the computer and see how you know, the new cases. And yeah. like, holy crap. And it just started getting, it's suffocating to keep on looking at those numbers. It is, man.
0: So the only thing I've and likened it to is like that kind of, of it, yeah. that nine eleven news addiction, that news cycle, where it just yeah. never stopped for a really really long time. And I mean, it's the same here, man. A, you know, she's turning on the news every morning, and just it's, it's nonstop until like I just can't wait and to turn it off and like yeah, yeah. have silence because it is. It's it fucks with your psyche. Especially if you're in the middle of it, man, you know? We've since had Nico I mean, I feel,
1: yeah, uh, I on, and we've had Souther on,
0: and, like, you know, it's 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 a big deal, you know?
1: See, uh, I feel lucky, especially being in Brooklyn, right? There's a little more space to move around.
0: Right. In Manhattan,
1: you know, I like I have a stoop in a little backyard we can go hang in. Those guys in Manhattan, they have their apartment, and that's it. Right. And then when you walk out on the street, there's hundreds of people. So, you know, at least I can walk on a couple back streets and not... Not running to run as many people, you know, as they do in in the city. So,
0: so I mean, you you ended up in New York to kind of, you know, I guess where I was going with that, the video thing. You know, is that we've seen all these bartenders yeah. moving into like social media avenues to try to keep themselves sane. Um, mm-hmm. and, but like brands are starting to get involved a little bit. Like, hey, you know, we like Eli. Yeah. Um, and you've worked with a few brands in the past that have worked pretty tight. You actually just told me that you just did a, uh, a rum fire, a video. fire video? Yeah,
1: yeah, That's pretty cool. Did That's you just do it out that. of the,
0: out of like, you just come up with that on your own and, and reach out to Nick or did it the other way around?
1: Well, yeah, we, we were sitting around the other day. I was doing, I did some videos for Woodford. And did some you did. Yeah. I saw the Woodford a video, videos. Uh, some Forge one as well. Um, a couple other ones, but, uh, we were sitting around, and Frankie was like, "You know, it'd be a fun video." He goes, "If I was throwing water balloons at you or you're trying to make a drink," and I was like, "You know what? That would kind of be funny." And so he literally, I came home. You've never like three days later. You've never been
0: one to say no to a promotion. <laughs> uh, stunt. <laughs> and he, was,
1: and then he came home like three days later. And he was like, Guess what I got." And I was like, "What?" It was like a thousand water balloons. He just got sent in the mail, and I was like, "Okay, what are we gonna do this?" And uh, we wanted to wait until we got uh, nice out to, to do it. And uh, I was like, you know, the other day, I was like, screw it, let's do it. Let's, let's <laughs> just get this over. Because they were dropping the water balloons from the top of the, uh, right out the window. So two stories up. So they, were, <laughs> they weren't just like, felt like a smack every time they hit the animals. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, trying to stay relevant and, and, you know, just trying to stay sane. I did another one that uh, last night. I haven't posted it was just me making a nuclear daiquiri yeah man um you know i love a nuclear daiquiri and well i, I mean
0: I, i'm wondering how that's going to impact the industry right so like these videos we're starting to see I mean, uh-huh. you know the whole we all know that the industry is going to look different we've we've now heard interviews with nico pelassi and, and southern teague talking about what this could potentially look like at the end of the tunnel and you know i'm looking at these the promotional things on on instagram and facebook and all that and um you know, I was um, talking with Brent Falco about you know like Fernet stuff, and it's like mm-hmm. there's a, there's a shift, you know. Like there's guys like you that have like a loyal following, you know, um, on social media and just in person, and and so I see a lot more of brands that kind of reaching out, and not really like this brand ambassadorship that we've traditionally seen. I see that role kind of changing, right? Like it's almost like you're a temporary ambassador right. for like a day, two days.
1: Right, and it's you know it's um, we had I had to do a couple things. I've changed some settings. Like I've never really been, you know me. I would just post stuff randomly, um, but I had you know changed it. some the way I put some stuff on make sure you know most of the audience is twenty one and over. But you are just, <laughs> right. Uh, you are less ready. cannabis
0: apparel things like that. Right,
1: right, right. <laughs> I think it's, easy, it's easier for them just to. To go to the bar, to go directly to a bartender, and you know, you know, you have a few thousand followers. I think the more you get that brand in front of people, you know, the more it's going to help help the brand. And then you, you know, it's a it's an awesome platform for these bartenders too. It really you know, is. And,
0: and I, you know, as much as I, I know, I've I, been like teasing, you know, the like if I see one more fucking mai tai, but you know, right. but the, but and I'm the like minority, some, right? Some because like else. I'm the guy that's like I. You know i could be making a video i guess but it's it's the audience is different with each time you know i in fact uh the last time camper english was on the show um i was like you know i always try to ask different questions that have been asked on any other podcast um, because I don't feel, I feel like I don't want people to hear the same exact same fucking information that they've heard from 17 other fucking podcast right. interviews. But Camper is like, yeah, but it's a different audience with each one. And I'm like, well, I'm sure I guess it's and true. You, right? You like, so, be, like you like, said, you know, when, when you're talking to your guests at Mother Pearl uh, and I'm talking to my guests at the Inferno Room, like they may or exactly. may not have, you know, that meeting in the
1: middle. Exactly. Uh, you know, like you said, our community, the bartender community is small, but people's, random communities that they have are right. huge. You know, get, just think of the people that um, I know that you don't know, which is probably very rare, but.
0: Um, <laughs> I'm sure it's a pretty, you know, a lot of people, man, you know, everyone.
1: <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, it's you know.
0: You're my you're my uh, first degree people. of separation when I need to meet somebody. Hey, you know Eli <laughs> Sanchez? <laughs> Me too. All right, cool. We're friends now.
1: I've had a few drinks and a few bars. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's. I think it's. Yeah, I think it's going to change it a little bit. You're not going to have that maybe that traditional brand ambassador, but you're going to have. Right. Is, you know, maybe pick a group of bartenders, and we're going to promote these guys for a month, a month or two, watching them do videos and, and and promotions for the brand and stuff. So, which I think is good. And like I said, there you got people that are. um needing the money and and could use the use the extra cash for sure so that's always a plus too
0: well it's interesting because you know obviously you're there's a tie-in to what's happening now in the industry so you see bartenders saying hey you know here's how i make an aviation or you know i'm I'm just thinking of Mm -hmm. gin you've always been my gin guy you've been my gin guru because i was i always enjoyed gin but i didn't understand you know a lot of the um Kind of finer points and the intricacies of the botanicals, et cetera. You know that you that you taught me over the years, and um, now that right the bars don't exist, um, people have to go out and they have to find a way to buy the booze. So, and a lot of bars mm-hmm. are are becoming that place, right? Um, again, yeah. you know, like we've we've seen numerous bars move towards kind of a retail system, uh, like you said earlier. So you're just retailing liquor out, and people are making things at home. But you're still kind of—it still is like this uh, kind of cooperative movement between the brands and the bartenders, because the bartenders are still talking about, um, you know, here's how to make a drink. Here's my whatever aviation gimlet, and uh, you know Ryan Reynolds shows up to your house and you know writes you a check or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know.
0: I mean, I know you guys. Aviation great gin, great
1: gin. <laughs> it is.
0: It is, man. We've been drinking aviation for a long been time. aviation
1: for a long time.
0: We've been aviation um, before. Fucking Ryan Reynolds was aviation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, you're gonna see. I think mean, yeah, you know, different brands, people reaching out, and and uh, I think it's gonna be awesome. Hopefully, it'll be useful for some of these bartenders to you know get some gigs and and. Uh, you know, get their get themselves out there, which is a, always a plus. You know, you always got to be trying to promote some of yourself. You know, um, it isn't. It's you know, it is a competitive. I feel like, well, before it was a competitive?
0: I mean, it's uh, always it's so, still you know, going to be competitive because there's going to be fewer jobs at the end of this, and so it's definitely going to be. You know, I hope that. Eh, I don't know how to phrase this in a way that doesn't sound like, like make me sound like a dick. Um, I mean, I hope that, like, you know, we kind of we. We hold on to the best and that the people that were just there to make a quick buck um you know that really didn't give a shit about learning the classics and and or mm-hmm. learning to to walk before they run you know if, if you weren't serious about the business that's fine you know there's still money to be made but um i think you know at the end of this i think what we're really gonna get back to is the the, the diehards the fanatics um the wanna, you know, I mean because the you know, Tiki files. Right. I mean you're always gonna have the fanatics that that like Don Lee or you know, that just yeah. like it must be made this way. And it, there might be a way to improve it. Let's find out. Let's test seventy-five more versions. And I mean I mean, so as that, we're that, li- that, a lot that, the last two, three, four or five from. episodes have been very negative. But I mean, there's a lot of positivity that can come out of this, and right. you just mentioned one, right? Like, I mean, kind of bartenders working with brands, but doing that, you know, via online, which is much easier for the brands. You know, if we go back to Simon Ford's, you know, OG days with Plymouth, I mean, that would have been a hell of a lot easier for them to reach out on a direct message to <laughs> Simon and say, "Hey, we got an idea. <laughs> you know, right. why don't you make some yeah. stuff?" And <laughs> yeah, it's a, and, you know,
1: like I said. Show. Uh, bartenders to showcase what they can do, what they, you know, what they've been working on, man, and that's what's been fun about this not fun, but what I've been right occupying my time is trying to make new recipes, right? Like, oh, let's try some, uh, try a different, like you said. I mean, you know how we've made cocktails before. Let's try a cocktail with a half ounce of this, a little bit more of this, a little bit less of this. Uh, trying these drinks to forty-five different ways, um, and then you know, and I've been having a good time doing it, so. Uh, it makes the time go by a little bit faster, but obviously you want to get in front of some actual people. Right, the, hospital the hospitality aspect of it, right? Good. Yeah, I mean, that's the part
0: yeah. that we miss the most, I, th- I think. The uh, most,
1: you know, the people that come in and you're like, you, you know, you get to see the same people sometimes and you're like, hey, what's going on? And you still want that tea punch or you still want the... Miss the regulars. I Miss the year. regulars. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, seeing that interaction with people. People are so happy when they come in and see you. You see them, and you're like, "Hey, what's happening?" I jumped on yeah, the the, the, uh, so the Inferno
0: months. Room Zoom. Uh, apparently, there's a Friday night happy hour with the Inferno Room staff. Um, and they
1: actually invited me last night. But yeah, I
0: was already invited. So, uh, yeah, I yeah, I'm so usually at work, right? Because I'm I'm still doing curbside, and I'm mm-hmm. the only. I, I am the front of house now. Um, so I, I got. Uh, I got pulled into it after i got home one night i hadn't showered yet and and uh one of our bartenders eric bogan you know he texted me a few times and, and pulled me in and i got there and like regulars were there i was expecting it to be staff <laughs> <laughs> but like joe was I there joe and was like in, fucking yeah. juwan juwan was on there you nice. know <laughs> and like oh, yeah. juwan may not mean anything to anybody listening to the show unless you own a tiki bar
1: <laughs> and, like Juwan's the man I and, and we his. yeah He's such a cool dude, man. And that guy can continue with the best of them for sure. Yeah,
0: man. And, and so it's, you know, when we talk about the hospitality aspect of it, it's, it's funny that like they've been invited into the circle, you know, right? Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. Hey, we, it doesn't feel normal without you on the meeting with us.
1: <laughs> <You know? laughs> and that, yeah. Hospital, that's my hospitality, man. Invite everybody. You know, that's, that's one of the biggest things I brought out here because, you know, like I said, I'm I'm an old dude, man. I'm, I'm 41 years old. I'm, I, you know I, going into Mother of Pearl. A couple of those guys are 22. Uh, I'm like holy, I'm like holy smokes, man.
0: You know what though, man? You're a big dude. You're 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 a big motherfucker. And I was wondering, I was like, man, Mother Pearl is not a big place, dude. And for you to like be moving, but the one thing I'll say about you, you move like a cat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I tell you, you do, baby. man. When you're in a rush, there's no stopping you, man. Uh-huh. That's what I always love about you. It. It's like, you got seven drinks going at the same time. You might be shouting some curse words at your bar back, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but those seven drinks go out in 45 seconds.
1: But I get them out pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, you do. But then, yeah, but, you know, when I, well, I was like, what can I bring? I was like, what can I hopefully bring that to the table that nobody else can? Even know about? Like, I the first thing I thought was like the hospitality that we have learned there in Indiana, you know? Yeah. Hey, what's going on? How you guys doing? You guys from the neighborhood? Cause I saw like going to a few of those bars. There's not a whole lot of the, the chit chat going on. Right. Everybody's looking down and focused on the bitters and the syrups and, and everything, which you should be, you know, you gotta be paying attention, but you know, Hey, what you guys from? What are you guys doing in town? And, that's that and the other you know what i mean trying to get to know people more. well
0: and you were always really talented at that part of it and not only that but you're right it is kind of ingrained into that midwestern like some of those stereotypes about the midwest are, are spot on um you know there there are things more than corn in the midwest but right, on right. top of that but like uh, tonight i was uh talking um with uh ex-bartender Sophia alba from uh three dots yeah. and a dash right yeah i was chatting with her a little bit, and. Um, she, made, I don't know, she gave me some compliment and I, w- I just was like, I'm, I, I'm from the Midwest. I, I don't take compliments well. <laughs> and she was like, oh my God, that is totally a Midwestern thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, is, you know? know? Like I just like, I don't know. It makes, that makes me very uncomfortable to get a compliment. Yeah. But, you know, well, you're, uh, that, that yeah. hospitality thing, like that, they talk about who's your hospitality right from the, from Indiana. But it's a real, it's thing. real thing.
1: Yeah, For sure. Uh, you know, and that comes from You know, watching the old guys, that, for me, comes from watching those old guys, right? Yeah. Um, And especially, like, elbow room days. You know, we had guys, Bud Light, Dan, and and, uh, Three Martini, Nikki, and, and, you know what I mean? But when you saw... Three
0: three Martini, Nikki, (laughs) You know, you saw,
1: (laughs) she only could have three, and that was, you know, you had to cut her off. Um, But you had those big windows, so you'd have that Bud Light waiting for them. And that was... That to, for people was bigger than anything I could have ever done. Anyway, any cocktail, any anything I could have made, having a Bud Light ready for Dan when he got in there made his day, because he could be having a crappy, shitty day, and he comes in, he goes, "Mommy, you, I have," and then you, well, know, and then you kind right. of forget about the rest of it. And I, I, for that period of time, just have a good time. Well, I mean, I always think of,
0: you know, uh, I mean, I can't remember who who said it. Maybe it was Souther, I don't know, but it's just like, you know, there's been variations said numerous, numerous times of, you know, I'd much rather have, you know, a, a shitty drink with a fantastic bartender, or you know, then a, then a, yeah, for sure. Well, Arthur says that you're constantly, sell, but, they, but, but also but that you know. you're selling hospitality, right? Like, you don't remember the drink you had. There are very few drinks that I remember. We talked about this a couple of years ago, you and I. It's like, how yeah. many, how many winners of Picardi Legacy or world class or any of those things can you remember? But you remember who made them, right? Like, you remember the hospitality right. that you got from those, those bartenders. Yeah um for me like what comes to mind is like yeah. legendary seattle bartender murray stinson right like a fucking zigzag i don't mm-hmm. know if i've ever been treated as like cordially as i've ever been treated as zigzag like the first time i went into zigzag I, I like sat down and this dude came up and was like hey you doing okay how you doing you know you from out of town yada yada we had this whole conversation and then um I was like, yeah, I I think I'm ready for a drink. And he's like, hold on a second. And he, and you know, went and grabbed the bartender. He was the fucking bar back. And like, (laughs) you know, like that's how do I make that happen? You know? Um, But you know, I mean, obviously like that, that, that's kind of the legacy of of, like sense and that zigzag. Like it's always been that, you know, it's a tough
1: thing to teach. I think, you know,
0: it's a, do you think it's possible to teach?
1: Mm. I mean, I think it is. I think you, you know, by example for sure, because that's how I learned. Uh, you know, old there's an old crusty bartender I used to hang with, uh, uh, Greg uh, from the elbow room was the guy who actually taught me. He was a, you know, a great dude, but he, a little, he had a little attitude about him. But he always he was like <laughs> a little you know, attitude about him. Little attitude about him, but he was always, you know, just the night one people he'd be so shitty with you to make. A pot of coffee as a server, and he could be cussing you out and, and hate you and didn't want to talk to you. But as soon as somebody sat at the bar, he's like, Hey man, how are you doing? What can I get for you? And, you know, coming over, and then he turned around and like, Fuck You, <laughs> but he knew that it was, you know, it was time to work and that hospitality kicked in, you know what I mean? So maybe I, I think it can be taught, but I think you have to have a little bit of it, uh, uh. Engraved in you a little bit
0: as well well that's where i talk about the charisma you know and that's why i say every everywhere i go that somebody says yeah i know eli or you know i mean i fuck around and be like say you know everybody but i mean people that do meet you do you, you make an impression because um I mean, physically, you're an imposing person, you know, Mm -hmm. but you're also charismatic. I mean, you're the guy that's making the jokes, making a good drink, you know, you'll go hard all night or you'll just go hang out and like have waffles and have like, you know, a coffee. (laughs) Like, I mean, you know, it's, you're, you're kind of very adaptive in that way, but you know, everybody's comfortable hanging out with you, you know? Um, Yeah. you know,
1: I think that's, and a lot of that, I think is just, yeah, I mean, just making everybody feel welcome. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like that's always. I always want to try to make everybody feel welcome, no matter what you know what's going on, what's happening. I always I crack a lot of jokes, so I try to lighten the mood. If too serious,
0: no, you're great at that, um, man. I just wish you did more dishes, but I mean. Man,
1: so you probably,
0: probably probably wish you did more dishes right now, right? I mean, you're just like wishing yeah, you could. Home. You're like, are you sitting at home with like a spindle fucking washer? You know? The other day, I was like, I was sitting at
1: home and I was like, I'll never bitch about a 12 hour shift standing for a 12 hour shift. Again. Dude, I miss you know, so, much.
0: so like, I'm still doing them. In fact, I'm working more hours now than I have probably since the, the first year we opened when we only had three employees um, because, well, <laughs> we're pretty much back to only having three right. employees. Um, to keep the place kind of from coming apart uh, apart at the seams. But um, I get one day off a week, which is effectively to kind of go to the market, grab what I need to grab, (laughs) you know, um, fill fill the car up with gas. Right, yeah, exactly. And then, you know, I might watch a little Tom and Jerry or something, you know, watch a little cartoon. And then, you know, I fall asleep early. Um, But, you know, if I get 35, 45 idle minutes... I just am like, <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to slow down, you know. When you when you build your your psyche for that kind of yeah. adrenaline rush of the rush, um, you know, the, and and the dinner rush doesn't come, um, or or the after hours, you know, rush doesn't come. It, it's hard to kind of um, adjust your body and the chemical levels to to be able to handle that. And that's where I think I, what we're I'm, seeing a lot with a lot of bartenders now is that you know it is a rush, um, and it's and it's a it's a biological. Um condition you know as, as that comes in, you know your body kicks into that it's like extreme sports right? you know you jump off whatever the fucking goddamn mountain to do extreme skiing or some <laughs> right. shit I don't know dude, I don't fucking do extreme sports look at me man, are you crazy? I'm not gonna be doing that shit, but I imagine that's what it's like, but you know at eleven o'clock you know how that shit hits when the printer doesn't stop for two fucking hours oh God, you, you know yes. and you just you are not even like communicating in English. <laughs> you're just, you're like vermouth. <laughs> <and> you snap. I'll take
1: right. that. Overall.
0: Yeah. And, and that's where I think that we're starting to see a lot of the psychological effects now, especially now that we're three months into this or damn near three months into it. You know, I know like man, the, real oh, the real oh, depression, the real depression is starting to kick in. You can only avoid it for so long by doing videos. You can only avoid it for so long doing podcasts. Um, yeah, man.
1: I mean, I think I had a, it hit me harder in the, earlier when this first started happening. Really, and, and I think it hit me a little bit harder because I, I just moved in. Right, yeah. I, yeah, you're in kinda, a very unique situation. I was, in, I was in limbo for a little bit. Like, I was like, I was like, "Holy crap, man!" I was like, "I don't know what." I I, I, I honestly sat down with uh, Frankie, those guys. I was like, "I think I might have to move back home," um, because I didn't know what was happening. And he was like, "Listen, stay here." He's like, "This is what you wanted to do." Um, so I, you know, everything's I, I thank them from the bottom of my heart, man. They're like, he's like, this is what you want to do, right? And he's like, you wanted to be out here, and I'm like, yes. He's like, just stay here. He's like, we'll help you out. Just stay here. So now, you know, I'm I'm in it for the long haul. Now we're just gonna grind this out and see how it goes, but hopefully well. But no, you know, now it's just a, uh, uh, yeah, like it was just weird. It hit me hard, man. It, it it was weird. I didn't know, you know, seeing my friends, I wasn't in indie. Uh, Seeing everybody shut down, you guys shut down, Mm -hmm. and and Abby and all those guys, and it it was hitting me hard, man. It took me a little a little while to get out of that funk, but now you know I think I've I've bounced back a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I I
0: think for a lot of us, you know, it's the same thing, right? Like, there's good days and bad days. There's good days where you just like, hey, I I got to talk to Eli today, and that was cool, Um, and. You know, whatever, like Beach Bump texted me and he says him and Anine are all right and you know, those things are good days. But then there's times where you're like, Man, <laughs> we just took on more debt than we've ever had ever. And the way shit's going, there's no way we're gonna be able to pay it back. Um right. you know, and it and it's rough. And and on top of that, I think the greatest crushing responsibility is that we have to ourselves and to our staff and and to the the um kind of guests right you know mm-hmm. but i think first and foremost we think about the staff i mean that's always i i've famously told the story about the first day with it. i opened my first restaurant i was hyperventilating when i saw the first dude clock in because i realized that like i didn't know how to pay my bills anymore because i didn't have any money left and now i was responsible for his bills and right. and then they just kept clocking in after that man just like, there's <laughs> a line they just kept clocking in and i was just i freaked out i couldn't breathe And uh, I was like, shit, I don't know how I'm going to pay anybody's bills, man. But, you know, it's taking on a new thing, right? Like, I mean, you all of a sudden become not just responsible for yourself, but you're responsible for a whole army of people. And so, you know, you kind of place yourself last. And when you do that, you fuck up your own, you know, um, kind of psyche and your own mental health by just kind of saying, well, I feel depressed. But, I mean, I shouldn't feel depressed because, you know, there's people worse off than me.
1: And, right, you know, but it's still you know it it, it, get, it got yeah it got my hip a little bit and, you know I was I was lucky I bounced back you know um, yeah man I mean you're in a bad
0: shape a and, bad no, I wouldn't say bad shape you you weren't in bad shape you were um, in a bad situation for sure like I mean yeah moving I mean, to New York three stuff, weeks before my stuff, <laughs> they shut the city all my down stuff
1: is in storage and I didn't know you know I was like holy crap man I was like I, you know what. What was really crazy is right before all this stuff happened, I was almost getting ready to put a uh, uh, deposit on the apartment. Really, and I was so, you know, by you know, super lucky that, uh, you know, because then I would just be debt and I would be more debt already. Mm-hmm. But um, but Frankie was, was like, you know, I think you should chill out, wait, let's see what happens first, and then, and then, and then. So, where are you living actually, now? I live in Clinton Hill in Brooklyn. Okay, right on. Uh, uh, with Frankie Mora and his, and his uh, fiance Rebecca. Love Frankie, I uh, Like I said, I've known Frankie for 20, 20 years almost now. Um, so
0: where were you looking to move?
1: I, I was well, looking at both the East Village and uh, here in Clinton Hill. Okay. Um, because at the time I was working in East Village at Mother of Pearl and the Lower East Side at Porn Ribbon. So, you know, taking the train back from those places – at night, at, you know, 30 3 o'clock, and if I go out and have a drink, 5 a.m. in the morning, mm-hmm. um, it takes an hour and 20, 20 minutes, hour and a half to get back because not all the trains are running all the time, or running sure like they are during the day. So I was trying to, I was like, man, maybe I should just get an apartment down in the city mm-hmm. uh, to help, cut down on the commute, but it's so much cheaper in Brooklyn. So mm-hmm. I was like, do I, you know, it's, it was a toss-up, but I, I think I'm going to stay here in Brooklyn uh, when I do actually get a place sorry, because I've been looking here in Brooklyn. It's just a little more affordable. You get a little bit more room as well. So,
0: New York is a legal cannabis state at this point, yes? It.
1: Uh, I don't. I think they have medical. Here. Oh, it's just medical. Okay. I believe. Yeah, I don't think the recreational is legal.
0: Do you have a medical card yet?
1: i don't but i have looked into
0: it <laughs> yeah um, i think you need um, it um mental but health I, I think we all like, qualify maybe, for a fucking medical card right now goddamn no
1: shit right um, i mean you saw i we mean i've, so I've got a lot of friends in the business sleep. man
0: in california and they're like they're hurting on sales too man there uh, there's about to be a big market correction in, and cannabis as well and which sucks because it's been getting a lot of us by you know it's just right. like um You know, it's not like you can just call your doctor like, well, for example, my doctor, I had to go one time um, to pick up a a prescription refill to my doctor. And they're like scanning you with the thermometer before you walk in the door. And like, and it was was like going into a prison. Like there was two layers of security before I got into the office to like prove I had an appointment. Jesus. And so like (laughs) if you were in a position where you needed to be like, hey, you know. I think that I could benefit from medical cannabis. I mean, how in the fuck is that, is that going to happen right now when nobody even wants to go into a, a medical office? Right. You know, especially. Well, if- you know
1: what's funny? I was just talking to a buddy that lives in uh, Michigan. He said they have the drive. They don't curbside service. Yeah. They put the order in online. They somebody comes out. They don't even. They they can even open up the trunk. You don't even have to make a, a person to person contact.
0: I talked to a couple of um, quite famous restaurateur couple uh recently and mm-hmm. they said that um they were like sorry not sorry but we have cannabis delivery here in california <laughs> i was like <laughs> yeah i'm i'm sure that helps a little bit but i mean of course it doesn't it doesn't alleviate the problem but you know i mean you know we're in the backwards ass state of indiana where you know you can yeah. actually do jail time I mean, but, for fucking having a few cannabis grams. delivery here in
1: new york but
0: yeah but right you gotta be medical
1: right (laughs) or yeah right or or
0: (laughs) under the table yeah exactly but i mean those things are changing you know and and i've been a big proponent of legal cannabis for a long time and in fact i just um during one of my rabbit holes two days ago just wrote a giant ass letter to every single representative i have you know um and i know that you've been a proponent of legal cannabis as well over the years oh for sure um and and it's at least you're moving to a state where there's some sort of acknowledgement of it being a beneficial... Uh, well,
1: I, I've heard through the grapevine, and I don't know how true this is, but people have said that they, are, they were looking, before all this happened, they're looking in 20, uh, 2021. Right,
0: and I'd heard that as well.
1: In, in New York. Um, and uh, part, of, you know, part of it, you know, I think, there's a lot of great benefits of, of cannabis right and not just getting high but yeah it's not like when we were 25 really or 25
0: yeah. like 25 years ago when it was like you can make paper from it man you know I mean, like we yeah, actually we know scientifically there are legit yeah like reasons that people gonna like i've had a neighbor i mean fuck dude i've got a laundry list right i mean i had a neighbor that spent three tours in iraq that was able to get off his, like, you know, anti-depression medications from mm-hmm. it. Um, I know people that have severe epilepsy that are being able to treat it, you know, with that. We've got people that... Uh, one guy that actually um, had the same cancer that Grant Ackett's had. Um, where they, oh, and really? they want Yeah, and they wanted to... Re- so the dude actually was in Chicago, right? And um, I, I don't know him, so i, I like, back up a little bit and, and retract mm-hmm. that. I don't know him. I know his wife. And that's how she got involved in, in the kind of push for legal cannabis because he got diagnosed with the same cancer stage four. Um, so they went to the same doctors that Grant Ackett's actually had gone to. Like, I mean, if you have the, if you have the option, go to the people that have already done it. Right. You know, And and they lived in Chicago. She was like a producer for Jenny Jones or some shit. And, um, and, and yeah, like that, that kind of brought her into a whole new business. She like left her job in television production and, and is like an active investor in the cannabis sector now because um, she saw how much helped her husband be able to like live, you know?
1: You know, uh, and that's the some of these people, you know, I always tell people when I'm talking about, you know, the legalization of cannabis is look at the people it does help, like, don't get me wrong, I... I I want it legal for selfish reasons.
0: Right, yeah, I mean, um,
1: right, exactly. But I'm at, say, you know, it's helping. It's it really, it, really it really helps helping me with anxiety,
0: I'm not going like, to lie, but I also like to get high.
1: <laughs> it's helping all kinds of people with different ailments. And it's to me, I feel like it is that, you know, people say the miracle plant, but because it, it can help so many people on so many levels. Well, I think that's um, the biggest people, problem, right? we are just brushing aside, right? Because, you know, for years it's, it was just getting high.
0: Well, there's twofold, right? So, like, one of the biggest issues with that is that, um, number one, how we don't know exactly how beneficial it is because it's illegal to actually do research on it because it's a, it's a controlled substance. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, a handful of doctors in this country that can even, like, do research. Famously, in St. Louis, there's a lab. But they're, like, testing effectively strains that they sold in the 70s. Which right. And there's one here in
1: Mass- Massachusetts that's, yes. like, starting – yeah.
0: But on top of that, a lot of people don't realize how it became illegal in the first place, um, uh, which was really a congressman trying to make his name and capitalizing on yep. racism towards Mexican Americans or Mexicans in general, because you're in Southern California, which yeah. is the reason we call it marijuana and not cannabis. Not cannabis. Right? And I think
1: that's part of the, you know, I always tell people if you're going to want to discuss it legitly, you need to stop calling it marijuana, um, weed smoke or whatever it is, it's cannabis. You know, you want people to take it seriously, you've got to start taking it seriously yourself. Right, right. Um, and, you know, using, you know, cannabis and, and stuff like that because it's um, addressing it in a proper way instead of just kind of nonchalantly, right? Because, if, you know, if we're not taking it seriously, why are they taking it seriously?
0: And I think that those measures are becoming effective because we've seen... Things change, um, so I've been an active participant in ArcView Group, which is an angel investment network uh, in the cannabis sector, and um, one of the founders um, of that group is Steve D'Angelo, that owns Harborside in Oakland, and now fuck more than Oakland. Now he's all over California, Massachusetts, etc. But um, Steve D'Angelo was like, you know, uh, the uh, I guess the subject of Weed Wars that was on TV for a while there. Yeah. But he was the one that kept pushing us all to stop saying recreational marijuana because that makes it sound like we're going all going out to have a party and like get high and he pushed really? for yeah, yeah. and he pushed makes for sense. adult use stop saying recreational start calling adult use he's like we want to emphasize that this is not a drug that we want for kids to go party with we want this to be for adults to use over the age of 21 and yeah. so and you've seen that change already ha- happen right like you've seen that effectively come across because you see these bills happening in the States and you see adult use marijuana approved by the legislation. Well,
1: wording, everything. I mean, you, right. you know that as well as anything, printing out menus and stuff like that. Right. The way you present stuff is the way people are going to perceive it. So if you don't, you're not, you know, like I said, not taking it seriously, people are going to do the same thing. Yeah, man. Um But yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's great, man. I would love to see it legal. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, It'd be great, you know, because you you go to these other states, you go to Vegas and Portland and I mean, even Chicago.
0: Yeah. And the sky um, didn't fall.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. You know, they're all still, they're not, you know, people think the city is going to burn down once it becomes legal or I don't know what they think is going to happen. But, um, you know, when you see these businesses, they're they're, that's exactly what they are. They're businesses. It's not some shady dude it, it's legit businesses that are, are are putting real tax revenue into these cities and, and really helping out you know what i mean raises for teachers infrastructure um doing some really good stuff with the money that they're providing for those communities so,
0: so um, someone that's sure. traveled to a lot of those states and you see that money coming into those businesses you've also obviously seen the owners of those businesses and i don't mean to put you on the spot here um with things maybe you hadn't thought about but um, so as you've traveled to see firsthand some of those businesses and that are putting money and taxes and mm-hmm. uh, positivity back into the community, you had to have noticed that they're primarily owned by white males, right? For and so sure. the the kind of the, the the population that has been unfairly punished and, and targeted by the police for cannabis legalization, by by, the illegalization and prohibition, right? And so you're not seeing, uh, you yourself being kind of a uh, Mexican Indian, you know, obviously you're on two sides of the coin there, Mm -hmm. um, and and you don't see that. So like now as we see legalization, you're starting to see the money flowing back into the pockets of legalization, but it's flowing back into the pockets of of primarily white-owned businesses. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: it's. I mean, it's kind of a sad thing, right? Like you see... For years and years and years, it was these same people that are pocketing this money. In my eyes, right, same people that are pocketing this money were saying this is a bad thing for our community. We can't let this right. stuff happen. We can't let it. Not saying those particular individuals, but people were saying that it that is bad for the community. And all of a sudden, they're like making the rules for this, and to me, to benefit themselves, right? Like you now that you have this bunch of. I, I don't know every law in every state, but you know, if you had a prior conviction, you can't hold a cannabis license. If you had um, been, you know, a marijuana conviction, you can't have a cannabis license. Right. Um, but a lot of these guys were doing this for a long time that are really good at it. Can't hold a cannabis license. Um, to for to grow or to own a store or to sell it for retail or whatever. Well, we is. saw
0: a story last year, right? That like Illinois was pretty much very cutting edge because um, Governor Pritzker in Illinois actually had, had signed a bill that was going to expunge the records of a lot of people that had, had only been arrested, you know, um, for cannabis related, um, crimes. And so, you know, again, when you decriminalize you have to kind of draw that line where, you know, if someone was a, a criminal yesterday because they sold weed, you know, are they a criminal I mean, uh, today when now we I have mean, an, an Apple store effectively. Like I've been into a couple places. There's this yeah, one, I mean, one particular store topics. in Denver. There's that one place right off of uh, whatever the 16th street or Lincoln, whatever it is, the mall, like the street, the, just like it looks, a looks a like an Apple store. store.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people well, probably don't know this about me, but I did, you know, 18 months incarcerated for uh, a gram and a half of marijuana. A gram Candace, and a half. That's like a lead. I didn't have for it because it was, because <laughs> Less it was than a, a habitual uh, offender because, because I had been in trouble before. Mm-hmm. I got caught with a, a, a joint before. Um, so they were technically could charge me as a habitual offender. Jeez. And uh, it, was, it was a felony offense. And that's what I went to jail for. You know, I was in there with a guy who literally committed rape on a, a woman with three right. children in the same bed. Um, they're with people that are selling heroin. Oh well, yeah, and you've got and you've got uh,
0: you got states with mandatory minimum laws, right? Like, I mean, there's people that have been yeah. busted, arrested three times for cannabis possession that are now looking at life sentences because of mandatory minimums. And it's,
1: and it, and there's and, and you know it's, to me it's crazy that they it can is still have laws like this and they can still and you have people selling it legally not and, like the state legally in
0: their states right we're like what 30, um, 30 plus states where it's legalized in in the united states yeah, now 31 so. i think it is isn't it? yeah yeah it, it's um, wild that we're still talking in 2020 about people like doing hard time for an
1: herb <laughs> you know i feel like the the, the walls are so the, indiana's getting surrounded now right you got michigan
0: yeah we um, hope but you know it, it already got shot down for 2020. So it's not oh, gonna, no it, yeah, it's not going to be on the board this year. So that was why is, I was it, doing my letter writing campaign the other day.
1: Is it legal in Ohio? Uh,
0: medically, I believe.
1: Yeah. So yeah. I'm just, you know. We'll
0: know, see how it goes. Then. It's you know the so again when I was uh, opera or uh, when I was active with ArcView Group. Um. The CEO, Troy Dayton, used to always, you know, say, hey, look how far we've come, you know. And, mm-hmm. you know, no one would have thought, you know, when we were teenagers that we would be looking at this kind of growth in the cannabis sector in 30 states um, legal in the District of Columbia as well in um, 2020. But he always says it wasn't inevitable then. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm t- I, Let me take that back. It wasn't impossible then, but it's not inevitable now. You know, I think that now there's this kind of prevailing belief that, you know, oh, well, eventually it's going to be legal everywhere. But there's still a real fight. You know, there's still the real fight against, you know, the kind of racist notions of it, you know, Um, and it all stems really from that, that original kind of, you know, Legislator deciding that uh, he didn't have any other platform to stand on, but so he was going to demonize Mexicans and,
1: and, and the drugs yeah, I mean, that they were using. There's still, it's crazy that there's still people really afraid of cannabis. I know. Um, I'm like, to me, it just boggles my mind. Um, but I think with now, the way that stuff is, you know, it's not just flour anymore. You have edibles, right. and,
0: and concentrates.
1: And so I think that's starting to shift. People's mind about
0: it. Um, yeah. Well, here's a yeah, perfect example. My mom and dad are now in their 70s, and my dad told me when I was a teenager that if he ever saw me smoke so much as a cigarette, and definitely if he ever found marijuana in my house, <laughs> that that was it. He would never talk to me. My dad has never touched a drug. He barely drinks alcohol. Um, I don't know how I ended up in this business, <laughs> and and being an advocate for legal cannabis. Uh, the way I grew up, um, my dad now is 70 years old. And um, he's a full supporter of legalization. Um, all his friends now that are older and his age are now out of the closet about it, right? Like, I mean, they're they're not yeah. afraid to say, you know, like, yeah, um, this is how I. I mean, it's I not, I not as a, it's not a, a bad as
1: the stigma that was back then, you right? Know? Probably when your dad was growing up, if you said you used cannabis or, or, or smoked cannabis, were you were hippie. You yeah, you were looked upon as. The lowest of the low, you know. And and now it's and you know, it's just an everyday
0: occurrence, I feel like. Yeah. I mean it's always shocking also, to me. Like I mean I'm very free when I talk about it. Um I do live in a very conservative suburb and I'm I talk a lot and I'm also very open about my life and, <laughs> and yeah, it always uh, it's it's always funny to see the reaction on people's faces when you find somebody that doesn't have the same political views uh as I do about cannabis or uh or <laughs> fucking trump or anything you know
1: <laughs> right yeah Man. it's uh, you know like i said though i think you with with the way stuff's moving especially edibles right like edibles are starting to be you can you can carry them anywhere uh you know just pop them in you can make it like i just got a bunch of ghee the other day that we've been making we made fudge and yeah cookies and, and almond joys and homemade peanut butter cups and so here's what's so, funny so.
0: when, when the, uh, vaporizer pens first came onto market and this got a, God, this would have been twenty eleven, twelve 12. When you first started seeing them come out of Colorado, yeah. you know, like the, uh, the mm-hmm. pens, uh, um, a buddy of mine and I kind of had this little like running gag where he lived in a different city than I did, but we would try to, um, text each other the most daring place that we smoked weed, but it was through a vaporizer. You can't really smell it. And, um, and just kept saying game changer, right? Like, so you would take a picture of yourself with the pen and just be like, this is the game changer, right? Like you can be openly consuming cannabis in public and nobody has any idea. And, um, the, my, my proudest one, or perhaps uh, I guess most daring one was, um, <laughs> waiting to get seated at linea in Chicago. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> uh, but I mean, you know, nobody yes. knows. <laughs>
1: Right, right. No, you know what's crazy? I was just thinking about this the other day. I, I used to be so much bolder with it when I was younger.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, we have just, more to lose yeah. now. And now I'm like,
1: crap! These people are staring at me. <laughs> 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 it's not like you like go outside and sit on the stoop and right. And, you know, and, and enjoy myself, and especially now that the weather's getting super nice. And, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's 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 crazy how people still have the stigma about it. It's it's so crazy to me. It is, man. Because there's so much other bad shit out there. Right. That, you know, it's, it's, I'm like, what are you guys bugging
0: on? Yeah, man, I feel you, brother. Well, man, I appreciate you coming on the show today, man. It's always good. Like, we could do this for like seven or eight hours, you know. Because I've been wanting to have you on here for a long time, but it just seems like, um, I don't know, man. It feels like some bullshit. Like, Marketing. If I try to bring on somebody that's like part of my team, right? You know, you right. and you've been part of my team for so long that it just seemed like I was trying to promote no, my own restaurant. that
1: seven years. It hasn't seven years. Yeah, man, almost. it's been a long seven, time. 000, 000. Shit. I know it um, went
0: fast, didn't
1: it? <laughs> it? Did man? It went by really quick, and and you know learned so much from from not from you, man, and, and about the business. You know, I was, I was telling somebody the other day, I was, you know, I'm, I'm very much appreciative of that, uh, showing me, you know, because I always knew the bartending game the side, right? I can make the Sierra, so how we need to prep and do this and the other. It was you really showing me, okay, these are the P&Ls and this is what we need to be on numbers. Right. This is what we have to be to make this a profitable business. And this is what, have to mean. That's, and to me, that's the nuts and bolts of what makes, you know,
0: well, it goes both ways, so, brothers and You taught me so a lot about so. hospitality and definitely a lot about the cocktail game. You know, I came I came at this business backwards, you know. The only reason oh, I gave a shit about craft cocktails mm-hmm. was because I got involved in a craft cocktail bar very early on. But I figured, hey, if I'm going to have money in this thing, I should probably understand what we're selling. <laughs> you know, And, yep. um, and you know, that was with Joshua Gonzalez. And Josh doesn't drink anymore. He's been on the show before. Yeah. Um, he no longer drinks. But, I mean, man, it got the hooks in me. Um, you know, as soon as I started like trying to go out to different cities, traveling around, trying different drinks, it, it, it yeah, man, that was me the coolest part fast. about it. Is
1: when I first got into the game, you know what I mean? It was going to other cities and like, holy, I remember the first time I went to the Violet, uh, you know, Violet, Violet Club, Hour, yeah, and I was like, holy crap, man, this is, I'm like, these guys are gonna do this every night, you yeah, know? um, it's so cool to real see that now you get to go in there and. You go hang
0: out everywhere. You go a fun place like uh you know, Money Gun. I love it in Chicago. Oh dude, I love Money I love Gun, it. man. Well, shit new, the cocktail, we were open we were and and You know, when uh Thunderbird was just kind of trying to get concepted, you know, Josh was, you know, bouncing ideas off me and we were just we were hanging out at Scofflaw a lot back in those days, you know, when Scofflaw first opened. Yeah. There's so many great places, you know, and like they open at such a rapid pace now, it's easy to forget the places that have been around for a long time.
1: No, man, yeah, it's, it was crazy, you know, because I, like I said, I was, I was, it opened my eyes. I was like, holy shit, we can make drinks with egg whites and, <laughs> right? <a syrup> and <laughs> out of beets and uh, do these infusions. I was like, who would have thought of, you know, when, when <laughs> the first time you told me about the truffle Lazzaroni, oh my
0: God. Yeah, that Dude, so that shit is so sick. Well, you got you. You have an office in uh, in New York now. Maybe they've got the truffle, the truffle infused lasagna. I don't think there is going to be one anymore. Is it, is it not going to be anymore? I don't. I don't believe it's opening back up. Man, that sucks. There's a lot of things that are not going to. Well, brother, I, I hope that you know that when everything does open back up, you're thriving. Um, maybe, maybe it's a blessing in disguise that you didn't get your roots too deep in before you, uh, before everything shut down. So that you can kind of branch out a little bit and, and be where you need to be and do what you need to do once everything does. Okay. Well, cheers, man.